0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Welcome in big Wednesday edition of the Gordon Damer Show. It is ninety eight point seven FM ESPN New York. How is everybody living a day? More than enough to keep us busy on this Wednesday edition. So let's roll or we'll run through it all over the next sixty minutes as Golick and Wingo come your way at six o'clock. Of course, the number you know one eight hundred. 919 ESPN. I'm on Twitter at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question up for today. We will touch on that in a little bit. But where do we begin? Well, we begin with the big news of yesterday. First off, congratulations to Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, your new inductees into the Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2020. First time in a while, though, it felt like there was actually a little bit of drama. You know, the tracking of the publicly released ballots the uh, last few years, it's kind of felt a little routine, right? Like you kind of know, all right, this guy's going to this guy finished at 68 percent of the vote last year. So almost certainly he's going to get in this year. But this year with Larry Walker, there was a little bit of drama and he makes it in by six votes. Uh, Of course, we're not going to be focusing much as much on Larry Walker. But congratulations to him, as well as congratulations to Derek Jeter. First year on the ballot gets all but one vote. So not the second unanimous player voted in, and that has been a big talking point. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, driving around yesterday, there was a lot of talk about not really the fact that Jeter was going to get in because that was a foregone conclusion. Really, from the moment he retired, really, that was all you were you were needing to know. When is the five years going to be up, and that's when he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. But there was a lot of talk yesterday on the Michael Kay show about overrated, underrated during his career, and you know what? It's funny because I felt like this way during his career. There is part of Derek Jeter, I will admit, as a Yankee fan, that is overrated. Anytime anyone talks about, to me, the intangibles of his career, the thing that I always point to, and to just show you the, the lunacy and how carried away it got in terms of Derek Jeter's winning and his leadership skills, or just the all the intangible things, the things you really can't measure. If you go right now, even now, this is not a misprint. This is not a joke. If you go to BaseballReference.com and you look under Derek Jeter Awards, you'll see that he, of course, won the Rookie of the Year in 1996, World Series MVP in 2000. Met fans, you'll remember that one. But you'll also see that he was... I guess, voted, I guess, awarded the 11th best world leader of all time. This is not a joke. Fortune magazine came up with this list. I think it was in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Maybe 2015. It was this last year. Maybe that was where it was. They came up with a list of the 50 best world leaders, not baseball leaders, not sports leaders, world leaders, and somehow... A shortstop got consideration. I'm not exactly sure how. I don't know their process. Bono was also on the list from U2. So Jeter, the 11th best world leader, seems seems a bit high. I don't know. I don't. I haven't tracked all my world leaders recently. But even back in 19 uh, or 2015, or whatever it was, I do not feel like Derek Jeter. If I was putting together a list of world leaders, I don't know that I'd have Jeter on it. But it just kind of shows you how carried away things did. The love that Derek Jeter got from fans and from, from media at times. So there are aspects to me that of Derek Jeter that is overrated. I will agree with that. I also think that his leadership, I think sometimes, gets a little carried away. He was not a big rah-rah guy. He didn't seem like a guy who made a lot of speeches. And it's funny because people even pointed to his leadership in 1996. In 1996, he was a rookie playing on a team... I wouldn't say it was a veteran-laden team, but they did have some veteran players. Wade Boggs, Cecil Fielder, David Cohn, Paul O'Neill, Jimmy Key. I mean, established players. To think that Derek Jeter, as a rookie, was coming up and exhibiting leadership skills, as we usually attribute it, I don't know if that really carries a lot of water. That carries a lot of weight. or carries a lot of anything. So as I was driving around yesterday... You hear these conversations, right, about intangibles or the postseason. And it always seems to get back to, well, you know, if he were playing somewhere else, would he have been a first ballot Hall of Famer? If he played on the Marlins or he played in the Rockies or he played on the Mariners or some team that was not as featured in the postseason year after year, if he played on some team that was not in the center of the known universe, New York City, Would Derek Jeter still be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, here's the thing about the intangibles or the leadership or all the other things you really can't measure, but you kind of feel. If you wipe out all those things, Derek Jeter is still a first ballot Hall of Famer. How do you know that? He had the sixth most hits in the history of the game. (laughs) He did two things that would get him automatically elected to the Hall of Fame right away. He had the sixth most hits and he never bet on baseball. You put those two things together and you almost certainly will be getting into the Hall of Fame right away. What are people talking about? If he had the sixth most hits on the Milwaukee Brewers or the Chicago White Sox or the Texas Rangers, He would still get into the Hall of Fame. What the heck were people talking about yesterday? So there was no question, Derek Jeter, no matter what team he played on, the Mercury Mets, he would have gotten in with 3,000 hits. You are getting into, and the sixth most hits in the history of baseball. You are getting into the Hall of Fame, and you're getting in right away. So it was no question that uh, Jeter would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The only question was, was he going to be unanimous? And it turns out, no, he did not get in unanimously. One guy who is anonymous did not vote for Jeter. Well, my first reaction was, we should get the giant, that giant guy who runs the Pro Football Hall of Fame, to track down the one guy who did not vote for Jeter for the Baseball Hall of Fame. You don't remember that guy? He's a – what's his name? David Baker? He's like seven feet tall, like 400 pounds. That guy is good at sneaking up on people, A. And secondly, at least for as far as I can see, he has a good track record of making people cry too. So those are the two things you want for somebody to track down this rube who did not vote for Jeter. Sneak up on him and then make him cry, David. Do what you got to do. Put the – who is this person? It just busts through the wall like the Kool-Aid guy. It almost sounds like a show on Fox. The guy tracks people down and makes them cry. Uh Look, it does not matter. Honestly, it does not matter. Honestly, I was really not even all that upset by it yesterday. And I will never think about the fact that Jeter did not get all the votes. It doesn't really matter. And I even said yesterday, like, with the baseball writers... Who are sometimes a weird group. I don't think this is really an example of it. But they're a weird group sometimes. And I thought that actually it kind of hurt Jeter's case that Mo got in unanimously. Because if nobody had ever gotten in unanimously, maybe there was a better shot for Jeter. I didn't think he was going to get in unanimously and uh, it came up one vote shy. I think most people's takeaway yesterday was, this guy's just doing it for publicity. Don't give this guy the time of day. If he puts his name out there, ignore it. Don't put him on your radio shows. Don't put him on TV. Well, I don't know. I would actually like to know the guy who did this because maybe I'm willing to have an open mind. Maybe he does have a point to make. Now, I can't imagine what that point would be right now, but that's the thing about compelling arguments. Sometimes you go in thinking one way, 100%, and it seems impossible to come up with anything that could make you change your mind. But I would be at least willing to hear him out. But here's the thing, and you probably know this too. We'll never find out who this guy was because he doesn't have a point. His point was he wanted to be that guy, and even if only he knows he wants to be the guy to make sure that Jeter does not get in unanimously. Or maybe he had some beef with Jeter. Maybe he's bitter about something. Who cares? You know, you see, oh, it has to be a Red Sox rider. Or maybe it's somebody who covers the Marlins because Jeter has been such a disaster down there. But I'm guessing we'll never find out who the guy is because we didn't find out who the three people were who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. What was that three years ago now? And to me, that's far more egregious. You didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr.? I'm sorry. Could you possibly explain? And we never found out who those three three people were. And in the history of baseball writers or Baseball Hall of Fame, this does not – if you were ranking the the biggest discrepancies or the biggest outrages – This wouldn't be even in the top 10. Joe DiMaggio. Have you heard of him? Joe DiMaggio did not get into the Baseball Hall of Fame until his fourth year on the ballot. Not the first year. He didn't get in unanimously. He didn't even get it. Didn't get 75% of the vote the first year, the second year, the third year. Willie Mays got 94% of the vote. So there's, I would say probably it was 94 point something. Say 5% of people, of baseball writers, people whose job it is to cover the sport, did not vote for Willie Mays. Ricky Henderson got 94% of the vote. So roughly 5% of people. Stan Musial got 93. Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle, didn't even break 90. You didn't vote for Sandy Koufax. You didn't vote for Mickey Mantle. Really? And that's your job. So I would say don't worry about it because I'm guessing you will never know who this person is, mainly because this person does not actually have a point. And if he did, he would make that case publicly. That, if you're a writer, That's why you I would think you would you would relish in the opportunity if this is truly your opinion and you truly feel this way to get those feelings down on paper and to make the argument. And look, you're not going to convince most of the people, but at least you'll be on the record and at least you have a defensible position in your eyes. But again, I'm guessing you'll never know who this one person is. So that's our poll question for today. Right. Derek Jeter does not get in unanimously. So there's this one guy out there who whoever he is, maybe it's a woman, who knows, man, woman, I don't know. Do you think we'll ever find out the identity of the voter who left Jeter off the ballot? Either A, yes, he's doing it for publicity, or B, no way he'll stay in hiding. You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. So Jeter gets in, Larry Walker gets in. As I said yesterday, I, the only real knock you could have against Larry Walker was the durability question. Constantly a guy who was banged up, played 150 games only once. But we have other things to go over on the, um, the ballot. Kurt Schilling gets 70% yesterday, so I think it's pretty clear he is going to get in next year. You get to 70%. You're getting in, and you're almost certainly getting in the following year. And with the way the ballot kind of lines up for next year, it bodes very well for Kurt Schilling, as long as he can keep his mouth shut. But then you have the Bonds and Clemens issue. And you know what? There's been a lot of misinformation being spread about both Bonds and Clemens, a lot of myths that have somehow kind of taken hold, and people think that they're facts. So we'll go over that coming up. We'll get your phone calls involved 1 800 919 ESPN we got to touch on the Mets managerial search because, as I said, I was listening to shows yesterday, and Buster Only was on with Rick, Chris, and Dave. And if you are a Met fan who is hoping, all right, look, you screwed it up with Beltron; you got a second chance to make it right. Maybe this is the time it will happen. Well, after listening to Buster Only, I would say, don't get your hopes up. We've been talking about uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement yesterday. Derek Jeter getting in. All but one vote there. That's the poll question. Do you think we ever find out the identity? of that one voter. Larry Walker gets in, so congratulations to him. Kurt Schilling going to have to wait uh, at least one more year. You would think next year is the year for him. Get 70%, as I mentioned. Plus, next year, there's no great first ballot guy that's going to take votes away. And you know they always want to have that day up in Cooperstown. So the big names next year that would be first-time eligible, Tory Hunter, Uh, Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, I don't think any of those guys are going to get anywhere close to the necessary amount of votes and and I would bet more likely will be off the ballot in the first year rather than making some push. So I think that that bodes bodes very well for Kurt Schilling as long as he stays away from Twitter. Don't say anything stupid. Just stay away from Twitter. Get yourself a burner account. He should be approved as a former athlete with a burner account. If you want to get stuff out there and off your chest, do it as CS65321. Don't go as Kurt Schilling with the blue check mark. That does not help you. And then you have Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. They stayed basically right around where they were at, 60%. And next year will be interesting because next year is their ninth year on the ballot. Now, as I said, no clear cut guy. And usually we've seen as you get near the end of the, 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 the run of the 10 years, guys pick up a lot of support. Larry Walker, just two years ago, was trending at about, what was it, about 40%. So he took a jump of from – actually, it was lower than that. He was like 35%. So he took two 20% jumps in two years to just get there. And now the Bonds and Clemens have to go that far. But their cases have been talked about. Like Larry Walker, I think it's fair that you kind of go back maybe and look at his career and maybe have a different appreciation as you get – Clemens and Bonds – We know what the issue is. It's been the same issue from year one. So do they pick up any support and do they get close? Because, again, there will be people who still will not vote for Kirk Schilling, I think, for sure. But will those they're going to have if they want to have that day up in Cooperstown? It's been I think it's been a real long time since they've had a year go by with nobody getting voted in. Now, I think that the best chance is Schilling, but maybe who knows? Maybe that leads to Bonds and Clemens. Ever getting the seventy five percent, and I do think that there were. I, I again, I was listening yesterday. There were a lot of myths being spread by callers. Some people on, on, a, on shows too that say like steroids. You know, you can't really penalize uh, Bonds or Clemens because steroids weren't illegal when the baseball players they weren't illegal in baseball. Well, a they were illegal. Antabolic, anabolic steroids without a prescription were illegal in the United States. And no, that's not true. They were illegal. in, Now, they didn't test for them. That's fair. But 1991, Faye Vincent came out with a memo saying steroids are illegal. The other thing that I keep hearing people say, well, you know, Bonds never got caught. He never, he ne- never tested positive. He admitted in court to using both the cream and the clear that he got from Balco. Now, he says that he did not use it knowingly. I mean, does that does that do you can you buy that? If your kid came to you with that excuse, would you buy that excuse? I don't think so. And then in the game Book of Shadows, or it was a Game of Shadows, Game of Shadows, not Book of Shadows. That would be a weird name for a book. Game of Shadows, which has never been disputed or taken to court or anything else, they allege that Bonds used steroids, used HGH, used a fertility drug, Clomid, to kind of mask his use. So th- th- all those things are not true. Now, if you're somebody who thinks I can't keep track of who used and who didn't, I I think that you're kind of neglecting what your job is as a baseball writer. But okay, fine. But don't don't spread, uh, you know, uh, uh, myths as facts because they're not facts. Also, the amount of support that Omar Vizquel got yesterday uh, is is troubling to me. Omar Vizquel is not a Hall of Famer. What the hell are we talking about? You know, it's all well and good when the when the Veterans Committee or whatever they call it now puts in some guy that I've never seen from 1925, and you look at his stats, and you're like, oh, geez, how did this guy get? Oh, he's buddies with this guy. I saw Omar Viscal play his entire career. He's not a Hall of Fame player. And he what did he finish at? Like 50% of the vote. What are people talking about? Now, I would not put in uh, Scott Rowland. I think that he's just below the line. Like he's the Hall of Very Good. But I would certainly put in Scott Rowland way before Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel was a below average player. He was not a good offensive player. He was a bad offensive player. Well, he had uh, you know, almost 2,500 hits or whatever. Yeah, he played for 25 years. Now, he was a great defensive player, but he's not Ozzie Smith. The amount of support that Omar Vizquel. What? And just one more point on the Yankee stuff, like for anybody who's upset about Jeter not getting it or not getting the unanimous vote, if you want to be outraged as a Yankee fan, there's far better ways for you to be outraged. The fact that Bernie Williams was on and off the ballot as quickly as he was, that to me is a bigger outrage. Now, I don't necessarily think Bernie Williams deserves to be in, but I think that his case deserved to be debated a little longer than it was. Jorge Posada, one and done, right? He was one and done off the ballot. That, to me, is a far greater outrage.
2: And he was a great offensive catcher.
1: Great offensive catcher. So, to me, that that would be far more outrageous than uh, Jeter not getting every single vote. All espn right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's uh, get some calls in here. Chris is on Long Island. Chris, what's going on, my man?
0: What's up, Gordon? Hey, listen, I just want to put the rest. I'm, first of all, I'm a life-long, uh, lifelong Yankees fan, but I want to put the rest with these Yankee fans that are going to call in and be outraged about Jeter. listen. He was never the best at his position during the time he played. He wasn't even the best shortstop on his team.
2: A-Rod was better.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, in terms of stats and all that kind of stuff, yeah. But, I, you know, it was always funny to me when when people, you know, would come. And it was more in the beginning of his career and I guess maybe towards the, the tail end about the defensive metrics and this and that. And my my defense would always be, you know what, I'll take him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I get it. And I, I'm open to debate and I'm open to the new stats and I'm open to all the the different things that people can point to about this thing or that thing, about his range or his arm. Or, and I would just simply say, well, you know what? If if the, All those things could be true. But if I can win with them, I don't know. I think I'll take them. It's almost like when people would talk about quarterback. Well, can you win with this guy? Or when Joe Flacco won, I didn't think he was a, a franchise quarterback. But you won a Super Bowl with him, so I don't know. He must be okay. He must be good enough. Let's go to Rod in Brooklyn. Rod.
3: Hey, how you doing? Uh, you actually addressed a bunch of things I'd love to comment on, but um, I actually called about the uh, the Jeter Hall of Fame vote. Sure. Um, you, know, you know, you think about it. Uh, it's really more of a testament to Mariano Rivera's greatness than it is uh, an insult to Jeter. I mean, if Mariano Rivera is the gold standard, he was uh, – Cheater was not nearly as dominant during his playing days as Mariano Rivera was. No, but uh, you
1: would have to say that the closer position is not as important as a shortstop, right? A guy who's hitting at the top of your order. So that would be the one kind of defense there. I don't even know necessarily that it's a, a credit to Mariano as much as it was like, It already happened, right? Like nobody had ever been voted in unanimously, and he got voted in unanimously. So I almost felt like – and look, it was only one guy, so who knows the reason. But I felt like once that already happened, I would not really expect it to happen again. I don't get the sense that it's now going to be a routine thing where you see guys get voted in unanimously because the seal has been broken or something like that.
3: Couldn't agree more. I think that's what the – I think that's really the point here is, I mean, Jeter got as many votes as you possibly could without being – A hundred percent. I mean, it's just like, that's the gold standard. He was just so dominant. But um, yeah, also about Jeter is, I think a lot of people don't talk about his intangibles. You know, there's... You uh, you don't
1: think people do? I feel like they talk about uh, them all the time. They do. He just had, there's something about
3: him, though. There's just these non-quantifiable intangibles that were just amazing. He was in the right spot at the right time. You know, he reminds me of like, uh, like Dwayne Wade. You know, like a Dwayne Wade kind of guy. Like, obviously, I think he's better at, in, you know, his, great, his greatness is, gr- is greater than Dwayne Wade. But, you know, Dwayne Wade has these intangibles in basketball. Like, he's in the right place at the right time for, like, a rebound or, like, a block at a key pivotal point in the game. Like, you know, Jeter had that, that you know, that non-quantifiable um, attribute that just, like, made him that much greater. Um, which I also think hurts him when you start looking at this just pure statistics, obviously. But,
1: I, I, I don't know. I feel I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like the, the pure statistics just kind of get get lost because the first thing that people bring up is the is the intangibles or the the flip play in Oakland or the diving into the stands. He had the sixth most hits in the history of baseball. You don't need any more. You don't need to dive into the stats anymore. Now, look. He could have been a DH. If you have no defensive metrics at all, you have the sixth most hits in baseball, you're getting into the Hall of Fame, and you're getting in right away. Joe in the car. Joe. Joe. Oh, hey, what's going on, Gordon?
3: Sorry hey. about that. Yeah. Big fan of the show. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, man. Um, I, in terms of the, the anonymity of the voter who left Jeter off the ballot, I mean, obviously the pair of clown shoes that he is, Um, I was listening to the K show yesterday, and he said that voting is no longer anonymous. I don't know if that's how accurate that was. And then I saw on MLB.com that back in 2018, I think after the whole Griffey debacle, that if you were going to vote, all the the ballots are made public now. So I think at one point or the other, we are going to find out who this clown was. I mean, he may have his reasons. You know, I I know that some guys do it because they want to keep someone else on the ballot. But, you know. I just don't know if you if my you do understanding
1: was that. that the baseball writers wanted that to be the case, but that the Hall of Fame turned them down that they the baseball Hall of Fame itself does not <laughs> want everybody if you want to remain uni- uh, uh, anonymous, you can remain anonymous.
3: Oh uh, yeah, because yeah, when Kay said it yesterday, he was like, well, if somebody leaves them off, we're gonna find out who it is. But in regards to that anyway, I'm, whether you get hundred percent, you get ninety five percent you're still in, And obviously Jeter in true Jeter fashion when asked about it yesterday. He said he could care less about the one vote who left them yeah. off. You know, he just obviously is an honor to be in, and in true Jeter fashion, which just speaks to obviously the character did and played the game the right way. And you know, whether you whether you got ninety five, you got a hundred, or you got seventy eight, if you're in, you're in. You're a Hall of Famer, and he was a no doubter, obviously. So. You know obviously as a Yankee fan happy to see him in thrilled for him and the Yankee organization but uh yeah I was just I didn't know if you knew any more about that anonymity yeah I'm
1: almost positive that they did you know I, I, obviously I do some research before the show I don't uh, just uh, walk in here and flip on the mic and my understanding was the baseball writers wanted to make it so that it would be it would be out there that it, no matter who you uh, who you voted for it would be made public but I'm pretty sure the Baseball Hall of Fame put the kibosh on that. So it's still it, – it's kind of up to the writer himself of whether or not he will come out. And and I think that if – I would be shocked if this person did not vote for the for, for Jeter and then just allows it to get out there and never explains why he would do it. So if it does get out there, if the Baseball Hall of Fame after a certain period of time says, OK, this is how everybody voted – uh, I would think that that person would kind of get the jump on it right now and say, okay, this is why. Here are my reasons. And I think that that probably played into the, at least the threat of it, why Mariana Rivera did get every single vote and why, if you look in history, great players did not get nearly close to 100%, not nearly as much as, as Jeter did yesterday. And the, I guess the, at least the threat that this could be a possibility down the road, I think that might be uh, one of the reasons why.
0: Speak with Walker, oh. hey, you're speaking to him. Hi, Larry. This is uh, Jack O'Connor with the Baseball Writers Association of America in New York. Yes, sir. I'm calling to let you know that you did not fall short this time. Oh, my God. Yeah! Yeah!
1: That would be a really jerky move if you call and said, "Oh, sorry, you did not make it." <laughs> <laughs> when he's, I have to assume when he first says, you did not, Larry Walker had to have like the, the, the stab to the stomach kind of feeling. Oh, God, I came up short last year? But no, Larry Walker makes it into the Baseball Hall of Fame, along with Derek Jeter. So your moment of inspiration for this Wednesday. Hey, it's the biggest heavyweight fight in decades. As world uh, champion Deontay Wilder faces off against lineal champ Tyson Fury, live from Las Vegas. The two undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time in the most anticipated rematch in recent heavyweight history. Saturday, February 22nd, 9 p.m. live on pay-per-view. Well, how can they be two undefeated heavy hitters if they're facing off for the second time? That that can't be correct, could it? I think that's a mistake. I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll check on it. Also, I did check the baseball writers did vote three years ago overwhelmingly to make all the ballots public that is true the baseball hall of fame rejected that vote so there they instituted a thing where you can check your ballot to say we will release your ballot i'm guessing that the person who did not vote for Derek jeter did not make that check did not make the little check mark there but it is wednesday it is the gordon damer show and we know what that means if you're a regular listener if not we introduce you to headlines Today's headlines.
0: Extra! Extra!
1: All right, first headline. Ooh, this is big. Pigeon bot unveiled. Can bend its wings like a real bird. Is is this an accomplishment nowadays? A pigeon bot? I feel like the little kiosk at the mall that sells all the toys, they have something like this. It's a bird that flies around. This is not really... A day and age where we have advancements like uh, self-driving cars or predictive medicine or block t- blockchain technology. I don't know. I don't feel like a pigeon bot is really all that uh, extra, extra. newsworthy. Man killed by razor-wielding rooster at cockfight. Well, look, cockfighting is disgusting practice that is illegal, should be illegal. Even chickens, who we decimate in every way. Costco alone is just decimating those chickens. I mean, handing them out as fast as you can make them. But even chickens deserve better than having razors strapped to their feet and fighting each other to the death. That said, this chicken has to go into the Cockfighting Hall of Fame, right? I mean, this guy took out a a grown man. The chickens must have been talking about this for days. Yeah, Larry went down, but Larry went out with with a bang. Why the Nets cautiously scratched Kyrie Irving, quote, there were some issues. Oh, yes, yes, there are. I saw another headline that was uh, describing it as the Nets' new headache. Hey, don't give him any ideas. Extra, He'll extra. miss another couple of weeks because of migraines. Hero dad strangles coyote after it attacks his child. Well, look, I mean, that is hor- You talk about the term hero. That is a hero. I got to feel like that would buy you some time with your wife. It has to buy you some credit with your wife. Hey, did you fold the laundry? No, Sheila, I did not fold the laundry. But you know what I did do? I killed a coyote with my bare hands rescuing our child. I feel like I would have been much more of a shoe, shoe kind of, you know what I mean? Like you get an animal, shoe, get away, coyote. After two shoes, that's really all I could do. Well, where's where's Jack? Well, you know what? There was a coyote, sweetie, and uh, I, I shooed it away, but it took Jack, and uh, Jack's gone. So I don't uh, you know. I feel like that's all I could really do. Next headline: Meet the vigilante poet exposing pervs in Washington Square Park. No, thank you. No, I think you lost me when you said vigilante poet.
0: Extra, extra. Like you
1: could be a vigil. You could have put anything after vigilante, and I would have probably been more in uh, more interested in the story. Once you went vigilante poet, uh, you lost me. All right, this week in Florida, man, because we're already running out of time. It's amazing how quick the show goes by. Florida man. Florida man tries to hide from police underwater, gets arrested when he came up for water. Dude was in a pond. What did he— Jason Bourne can't escape the authorities in a pond, dude. I mean, how high was that guy at the time? Florida man arrested for using social media to sell extra, weed. Extra. Florida man arrested after hiring detective as hitman to kill his brother. It turns out he was a detective. Are there any hitmen that are actually hitmen? I got to feel that that has to be half your job. If you're an actual hitman, at least 50% of your job is convincing the person that you're actually not a detective. Extra, extra. Florida man with Coors Light spilled in rental truck tells cops, I don't drink.
0: Extra, extra.
1: Facing DUI arrest, Florida man offers cop free MMA classes if they let him go, allegedly. Extra, Gotta throw extra. an allegedly there. And then finally, Florida man burns teen with lit cigarette during religious ritual. He claims he was possessed.
0: Extra, extra. I hate when that
1: happens. I hate getting possessed. Penicillin does not uh, get rid of that possession. It's only a religious ceremony with cigars, apparently. All right, that's gonna do it for headlines for today. <laughs> Things i had to t- i have been thinking about for a while a i respect commitment like you read about it, if you read about it people have got to stop putting their christmas lights on i don't know maybe it's my neighborhood i still drive around i see people with christmas lights it's it's january 22nd i'm not saying you got to go outside and take them down i don't want to be outside either but at least stop flipping the switch at night <laughs> i think it, it's gone. It's over. It was great. It was fun. I love the time of year. It's fantastic. And it is depressing when all the, the celebration is over because then you're just stuck in the middle of winter. But you got to stop putting the Christmas lights on, people. Also, I, the news is on in here uh, in the on the t- one of the TVs. We have like four TVs in the studio. And one of them is uh, covering the uh, Harvey Weinstein trial. You would think as a guy who hung around with actors constantly that he would pick up some acting tips. Seeing him leave the courtroom with the walker and stuff like that. It's not a really believable performance. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's not Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, but still, it's not good. All right. Poll question for today. Will we find out the identity of the voter who left Jeter off his ballot? Right now, it's pretty close. It's about 50-50. It's not unanimous there either. And we have clarified, yes, baseball writers three years ago after the Ken Griffey Jr. debacle where three people left him off the uh, ballot, the baseball writers conducted a vote And it was overwhelming. I think it was 80 to 9 in favor of releasing the ballots publicly, all the ballots. But the Baseball Hall of Fame rejected that vote. So it's up to the person who did not vote for Derek Jeter whether or not they ever released that. And I think that the the feeling initially by most people, at least that I saw, was this guy's doing it for publicity. This guy's going to write some art. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I don't think that this person is going to let that information out at all. So I don't know the reason why he would do it. It would seem hard for me to believe that there is a reasonable explanation for how you can say outside of, well, you know what, Joe DiMaggio didn't get in on the first try, so Derek Jeter is not as good as – that's the only thing you can think of. So I would guess that that person probably will not uh, put that information out there. But one 800 espn one 800 3776 Then, yesterday, it was yesterday that Buster was on, right? Sometimes the days kind of run together for me. Buster was on with D.P.H. and Rothenberg yesterday. And, you know, just kind of touched on the fact that the Mets clearly should be looking at an established manager, right? Beltron's out. They got a second chance to get it right. They clearly have a win-now team. That's not even up for debate. And they should be looking at someone who has done the job before, and and almost I think I feel like the established guy would be at least a better balance for some of the the things and directions that Brody Van Wagenen wants to go in. Anything that he, anything that anybody is going to say against Brody, I feel like would probably be good a, a good person to bring into the organization. So if it's Dusty Baker, if it's Buck Showalter. Buster brought up Buck should clearly be the guy. And I would agree with that. I just don't expect that to be the case. I don't think that there's any chance whatsoever that Buck Showalter will end up getting the job. And I brought up yesterday that rather than the Post article about the Mets worrying about how it looks if they go out and hire somebody that they didn't interview the first time. And I said, it shouldn't really matter about how it looks. It should matter about how it works. And it's almost like yeah, every like, I remember when they announced they were going to do this big makeover of Penn Station, and they do this from time to time. They'll have some politician up there saying, well, it's going to look like this, and it's going to look like that, and it's going to be beautiful. Is it going to work? Are the trains going to be able to get into the thing and then out of the thing in a timely manner? I don't care how it looks. I care about how it works. Can the trains run on time? I will walk over construction materials every single day. Penn Station is never going to be a destination spot. Just make sure it works well, and that's really what the Mets should be focusing on. And Buster brought up; he thought the Mets were the most dysfunctional organization in baseball. I think that's a bit strong. I don't think, when the Orioles are losing a hundred games a year, more than hundred games a year. I don't think you can say they're the most dysfunctional. Dysfunctional, yes, but most. I think that might be strong. All right, let's get some more calls in one 919 ESPN one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We got to uh, Lewis and Whippany. Lewis. What's going on, my man?
2: Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good. Hey, listen, real quick. First of all, Ken Griffin Jr. should have been the first. All votes should have been towards him, man. Yeah, well, it, look, I mean, you
1: could go. Uh, Joe DiMaggio should have been, uh, Sandy no, Koufax, no, no, no. Mickey Mantle, all those guys should have been.
2: Yeah, voted. maybe. Yeah, but Ken Griffin Jr. should have definitely been the first one. Uh, also, as a Red Sox fan, man, I do think Jerry, uh, Derek Jeter was overrated, but the guy was also great on top of it. I, I know it's contradicting, but whoever whoever didn't vote for him, I'll go as far as calling him a coward. He's not going to come out and, and say I'm the one who did it. Because you're right, he has no real argument. He's just one of those people that, well, so-and-so didn't get in the first time. Well, he shouldn't either. It's it's a dumb argument. Derek Jeter should have definitely been 100% in. And so should have Ken Griffey Jr. you take him a call, man. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I think the Griffey Jr. one is m- far more egregious. F- uh, that's more more. Uh, how could you? How could you ever make the argument that you did not vote for Ken Griffey Jr.? So yeah, that one to me is more egregious. But uh, to me, Jeter, there are aspects of Jeter that are overrated, as we brought up the fact that he was, you know, awarded the 11th greatest world leader by Forbes magazine. A bit of an overreach there. But just in terms of his numbers, and not even the postseason. Leave out the postseason. In the regular season, he had the sixth most hits in the history of baseball. He could have been a DH on the Florida Marlins. If he had the sixth most hits in baseball as a Florida Marlin DH, well, he wouldn't have been a DH on the Marlins. You know what I'm saying. Stop nitpicking, people. He would have still gotten into the Hall of Fame. Anthony is in Staten Island. Anthony, go, my man.
0: Hey, good morning. Um, You know, when you look at Jeter, it's like – the Aggie organization basically drafted a whole bunch of people that were really smart, whole fame talent, and then had an owner that would keep them. And they all seemed to flourish. Right. But when you look at Jeter, I've always hated when people talk about all the intangibles, but it's kind of hard not to right? because the guy plays for 20 years in a, in a pressure cooker like New York and forget about the always, oh, always, you know, really good interview and this and that. But when, no, he was know, a terrible
1: like interview. It, I can tell you that from experience. He was a terrible well, you
0: interview. Know, I, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, but as far as saying the right things, but when an umpire does something that, you know, maybe gets the wrong call or, or whatever, that's when your true character, in my opinion, comes out because you don't have time to sort of like check yourself. And I mean, and, and, you know, they said this on the case show, and, and I, and I thought it was kind of interesting. What other player in New York, right? That A was a sure Hall of Famer that didn't have the controversy that had the championships. There's no other guy, total package. And so, It's like, I hate to come back to the intangibles, but you're right. 250 home runs, although not considered a home run hitter. Top five in hits in all of baseball. 310 batting average, 310 practically in 150, 160 playoff games. I mean, everything is there. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate one guy left him off. Yeah,
1: but but I mean, don't don't focus on that. I mean, again, uh, there's one clown. Uh, You're never going to know who the person's identity is. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And it's not – I'm telling you right now, by the time the day comes this summer where Jeter gets elected, you will kind of forgotten that there was one dope, that there was one dope. 1-800-9 oh, wait a second. We're out of time, right? That's the show again. I always uh, run out of time. we got 40 seconds. All right. Well, look, uh, we'll be back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. We'll have a fresh poll. I was worried there. When that person brought up the fact – I thought that there was a possibility that I screwed up the poll question today because i remember that there was that vote but i was pretty sure not 100% sure the baseball hall of fame said no you can't force people to put their ballots out there publicly so i did the quick research and it's very rare that the k show says something and then we find out that it was not right so that uh, that might be the first time, <laughs> might be the first time in history that's ever happened so no, the person who uh, did not vote for Derek Jeter can remain anonymous, but vote on the poll question. Don't remain anonymous. Vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And
0: we'll see you tomorrow at 5. This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.